This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And yes, we are back for episode number two with Anna Kelly. How are you doing, Anna? I'm great today. Happy Wednesday. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for that first interview. It was really nice to talk about the book. I really haven't shared much. I've, I've, I've talked about it just that it's coming a couple of times, but uh, it was fun to kind of revisit all the hard work from the last year. So thank you. You're so welcome. Awesome. Well, hey, one of the things I wanted to do is I want to step back and kind of highlight the five traits that I saw across all 15 of these stories that made it in the book. And in order to do that, I usually put it in a PowerPoint presentation. So let me pull that up. And we're actually going to start at number five, because I really want to hammer number one, but I want to realize people to realize there are four others as well. So let me share this. Great. And the number five comes from you, by the way. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my goodness, I'm honored. This one comes from you, grit. I yes. think that we talked about that uh, many different times. And this is just the reality. If you're on a journey of financial freedom or just trying to get better or trying to do anything better, whether it's physical health, relationships, work, anything, there are going to be bad days. You're going to have to get up, right? Get up, we got knocked down nine times, get up 10 or whatever the saying is. Uh, so number five is really grit. You've you got to grit your teeth and just keep going forward, right? Absolutely. It is what I say to people truly is my number one superpower. I have been through a lot yes. and it's going through a lot that makes you a strong person and helps you to develop that grit that says, I have a goal. I'm going to achieve it come hell or high water. I don't care how hard it is, how many times I fall in the mud and get gritty and dirty. Yeah. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to meet every challenge until I reach my goals. And that is something that is hard to do unless you determine that you are going to take whatever life gives you and you are going to overcome and get stronger through everything rather than becoming a victim or giving up easily. Grit is not fun. It's developed yeah. in the fire. It's developed through challenges that no one wants to go through. Um, but it is the one thing that I can really attribute my success to, you know, more than just, you know, being smart or figuring things out or, you know, even determination or setting goals. It's the grit to push through um, no matter what comes that really separates the really successful people from the people that, um, that fail. Yeah. And again, if people don't know your story, right, as a child, you grew up in Section 8 housing, housing assistant, single mom, two jobs. Uh, to say that statistically speaking, you shouldn't have made it out would probably be an accurate statement, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. The statistics show that over 60 percent of children who grow up in cyclical poverty and perpetual poverty never get out. It's um, really amazing. You know, I, I attribute it to the grace of God and to lots of grit and determination to pull myself out. Um, and, and it's amazing that when you have hope and you have education and you have determination and you determine that you're gonna stick with it, how you can get out of really the most difficult situations and become stronger for it and better for having gone through it. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about that statistic again because I had not heard that before. <clears throat> I knew it was, um, I knew it was up there, but yeah, sixty percent of the kids in that kind of stay in that. So uh, I want to hit that again on number one. Um, sure. I, yeah, uh, number one to me is, yeah, we'll just get to there in a minute. So the next one for me is kind of my superpower. It's consistency, right? You just got to keep, you know, keep one foot in front of the other, keep going. I call it swing. And back in, in sales, I just call it keep swinging the hammer, right? You just yeah. never know when the rock's going to break. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, it doesn't break if you stop. So keep swinging the hammer. So whatever that is for you, like I teach my students all the time, it's 10 or 20 minutes a day, no matter what. I, I don't care if you're waking up early, staying up late, doing it 10 minutes early, 10 minutes, what, I, no excuses. I did this for 20 years. I've missed maybe 20 days and I did it before we had smartphones. So no excuses. Stop. I don't want to hear about it. So yeah. consistency is, is kind of my superpower, I think. It's so important, right? Because if we're not consistent, eventually we, come com we become complacent. And I know in my own life, there's been things where I was really consistent for a long time till I reached a goal. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, I've reached the goal. Now I can, I don't have to work as hard for that goal anymore. I'll kind of back off and put my focus elsewhere. And you grow complacent and mm -hmm. then you go backwards. And so consistency is really the only way to continue to move forward and be better than where you were yesterday. It's really important. Yeah, I agree. Number one is focus. And this really comes from all the real estate investors I speak with, especially the newbies or the newer investors. Um, I, they almost seem like bunnies or butterflies as April Crosley talks about. Sometimes they're just kind of all over the map. And again, in my world, in my first book, right, I'm a full-time employee. I'm raising a daughter. I'm a dad. And um, I only had a little window, right? So real estate market is huge and it's complex. And there are millions of ways to do a million things. I looked at three bedroom and four bedroom, two bath houses in one zip code between 12 and 1500 square feet. That, that's it. Laser yes. focus, right? Now I call it, and I teach, I call it a buy box, but just stop it. Stop looking at everything. Pick your, pick your lane, pick your thing and focus. Absolutely. I call it squirrel syndrome. Jumping ah, squirrels, there you three, go. Yeah. Looking for different nuts, right? And, and you can jump all over the place, but then what you don't have is you don't have that momentum where you're continually expanding your knowledge, taking action on that thing and seeing that's really possible you kind of give up too soon because you just get distracted by something else just before you really, um, you know, get all the nuts that you could get off the, the tree that you're focusing on, if you will. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, staying focused and, and getting really, really good and becoming a subject matter expert at what you're doing is so important before you start adding, you know, other things to what you're already doing. Yeah, just totally agree. Then number two is sacrifice, right? This I use this word. It's meant to be uncomfortable. No one, I mean, it's a, it's almost a dirty word, but I've never met anybody, right? These 15 stories, right? You're going to sacrifice your time. You're going to sacrifice money. You're going to sacrifice experiences with family. You're going to be less social with friends. You're, if you want it, you only got 24 hours in the day, just like everybody else. You only have limited capital. You only have limited available time. I want you to know straight up, you're going to have to sacrifice and it's going to take time. It's just what is what it is. And if this isn't you, then don't even bother. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think one of the other reasons, Michael, that I've seen a lot of people quit in real estate and in many other things in life is because they didn't count the cost before they got in. Yes. Right. And while you may not understand the extent of the sacrifices you need to make, 
before you really jump into something, you know, like quit your job to go full-time in real estate, for example, you need to have armed yourself with enough knowledge and information and people around you that have been where you have, Mm -hmm. that you have a pretty good idea of if I'm going to do this, here are the risks involved, but here are the sacrifices I'm going to have to make in my lifestyle and, and what kind of house I live in while I work to expand my means and live below my means and how much time I have to give up from my family or traveling or all of those things. And you really need to be able to make an educated choice to go all into whatever you're going into, knowing that there are sacrifices that you're going to have to make and making time and space for those sacrifices and saying, is this worth what I'm going to have to give up? And if it's not worth it today, maybe you start smaller so that you don't have to sacrifice the things that you're not willing to sacrifice just to get somewhere faster, further and make more money doing it. Yeah, I want people to really see that sacrifice, especially for people in the beginning, is not necessary. The biggest sacrifice may not be money in the beginning. It's, right. it's time and other experiences and relationships that you will sacrifice because your energy is spent elsewhere. And right. to your point, you've got to have these conversations up front because if you just jump in blindly without talking to the significant other or that really small circle of influence, your family, uh, it could go bad fast. Yeah, yes. All right. So this is the first one. We're going to get to it in a second. You have already said the magic word, or at least the word I've attributed to, but I want to go back to that notion of 60% of people that stay in it. I believe what's missing in society at large, and maybe it it talks to why some of the folks get stuck is they're missing this and why they're missing it. We could talk about, because maybe they're, they're not they don't see it, right? So it's not on them for missing. It's just not there. But let me just go to it. I feel like I'm rambling. And that is hope. Yes. Right? Because what did we talk about? Yes. We talked about sacrifice, consistency, focus, all of those things. And if you don't have hope, you're not going to do it, right? If you don't see an investment paying off, you don't make the investment, right? Absolutely. Yes. It's so important. And I will tell you as someone, you know, who grew up in persistent poverty and, and grew up with you know, abuse in my household and, you know, lots of things that kids shouldn't see in, in my apartment complex. Um, it, it becomes very difficult to have hope when you don't see anything other than um, challenges and despair and people, you know, going through the motions every day and not getting, getting further and not getting ahead um, because of not having the resources, the knowledge, the know-how, the network of people to show them that there's something else possible. Um, and it wasn't really until um, a, as good of a job my mom tried to do in, in keeping us positive and saying, you know, God's going to take care of us. He has good plans for us. It was, okay, well, how? How do, <laughs> how do we have that? And it was really through some churches coming to my apartment complex and doing vacation Bible school mm. with us and, you know, doing some after school tutoring and showing us how important it was to get an education um, and, and to get a job where we didn't really depend on um, government, you know, food stamps, WIC, um, an, an abusive spouse. It was those people pouring into me that really gave me the hope that something else was possible than what I could see in my limited world and worldview. And so hope is so important um, for other people and so important for us to say, if we don't like where we are, 
and we feel that things are just not going to happen for us like they did for Michael or for Anna, right? We need to take time to say, where can we go and who can we talk to to encourage me that something better is, ha- is, is possible and to give me the hope that I need to keep going when things are really hard. So it, it's super powerful. At least it has been in my life. So I want to talk about that more because that's that 60% number um, should irritate lots of us, right? That's, that's unfortunate, right? The kids coming up in that, did that's not on them, right? They're, they're, they're in the world that they're in. So let's talk more about what happened in your, I don't know when it would be, teenage years, maybe slightly. It had, I'm, I'm guessing this doesn't help a five-year-old or a six, maybe it does. I, I have no idea. But what can, what can all of us do that makes that number go smaller? Because right now you're right. I mean, if you're in that environment, that's all you see all day. That's all you see all day. How, could, how can you have hope if that's all you see, right? That's not on them. Is it, is it the, you know, like you said, the, 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 it's, it's outside organizations coming in and maybe this is the inspiration for greater purpose capital, your, your vision, right? How how did we do that? It's a huge part of why I started greater purpose capital, because I know that, you know, the financial education is important. And I discovered early, like people encouraged me you need to get an education because if you don't, you're going to be working at the time, the $5 an hour job, you're going to have babies. You're, you might have to stay home. Daycare is too expensive and you're going to stay right where you are forever. So Mm -hmm. I knew I needed education and I had people that poured in the importance of education. Um, But I also knew that I needed to surround myself with more people that could show me another way. So I don't know how I came to that conclusion, really, but I went to a school where I saw, you know, other people with jobs and education look like they're, they're happier. You know, they have bigger homes and they take vacations and their kids come to school with different clothes every day. And when you're a kid, that's what you see. You think Mm -hmm. money is the answer. So education is the way to get more money. And there's truth in that. And so it's so important that we teach children the importance of an education and a financial literacy so that they cannot be dependent on other people to be able to just take care of themselves at a greater level than what they see. Um, When I worked with inner city kids, so after I came out of that and I got an education and I had a great job in private banking, it was important for me to go back and pour into other kids. And so I joined an organization as a volunteer called Hope for Youth. It's all about hope. And it really was about how do we pull kids out of the inner cities, worse areas than what I grew up in? And how do we bring them to a safe place where they have adults that will love on them, that will encourage them, that will give them that hope and will give them the tools and resources that they don't have available to them in their communities and I'm talking war zone communities, drugs, gang, gang members, you know, five or six people in a one bedroom house with dirt floors, like really, really tough situations. And there was nothing um, more rewarding in my life than seeing a couple of my kids that I mentored for several years from middle school through high school to come out of that. One's become a doctor, one's a successful realtor. And she actually found me through real estate stuff after we had lost touch, but pouring into them and showing them that you are amazing and you have a full life ahead of you and you can make the choice 
to change what, what is destined for you, right? You're not destined to stay in this. Let me give you the tools and the encouragement and the support that when you lose a loved one to gang violence, you don't have to succumb to that gang. You can do different things to help you slowly pull yourself out and seeing the impact it made on them and having lived with people pouring into me, it gave me no greater purpose than to say, I'm going to go in and I'm gonna change the lives of other people, give them hope, show them financial literacy and eventually lead them to financial freedom. And that's what we do in the apartment complexes that we're purchasing is, is give people hope and show them the way when nobody else will. Yeah, this this needs to be a, a topic that is discussed more. I've never heard it. I, again, I did not know the number. I knew it was bad. I didn't realize it was that bad. It's worse than that. I can't remember the exact number, but it's it's closer to 70%. I'll look up the statistic again. It's that's what we should be focused on is breaking that cycle. Because yeah. I mean, again, right, I've been doing this for 20 years, big part of section eight, it's, it's something I have, all of my units are available to that program if, if you know, if a tenant applies. But yeah, you really do see, um, I've seen situation where grandparents, parents, and now kids, they just think that's normal, right? It's like, yeah. that, and that's not okay. We, we right. need to break that. We need to figure that out. That needs to be talked about by the powers that be, not this other stuff. So I appreciate all you do with Greater Purpose Capital. Uh, you've, you've, you've really made me believe that hope is the right word because I've been struggling. If that was an okay word, I'm going to keep it there because of this conversation. So where can people find out more about Greater Purpose Capital? So on greaterpurposecapital.com, you can find out more about apartment syndications. And that's essentially investing in apartment communities where we really free up your time so you don't have to do it actively for those that don't want to, right? Um, and you can invest in apartment communities, your dollars, but also we take some of those dollars and we pour into resources to impact our residents in the ways that we just talked. So you can join my investor tribe, sign up for my newsletter and keep in touch that way. Awesome. Again, greaterpurposecapital.com. Go there right now. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you, Michael.